It can hear us. You know, turbines to speed. And now we can thrusters are go. Yes. And now we can. Oh, that was the other thing. I was what write was down. the other thing? The other thing I was going to write down. Well, it's a good thing we had a it's full a good thing, yeah. half an hour of fucking technical <laughs> difficulty, so you, you can were remember gonna, this. You one were going to bring it show. up anyway. You was were, it? yeah, because yeah, it, but I have to write down what I'm, what I'm going to talk about. Oh, yeah, does, is yeah, it in relation gonna, to my thing? Was I? Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, talk about it. No, on, I was going to talk about that Jeez. clearly. I wrote it down because I, I want to make sure that I didn't yell forget about to, it because uh, I'm you know, sensitive. I will yell about so if that's not yeah, the way I want you to be about it, I'll, I'll do what I want. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a podcast of well, it's nerd variety media, and we do we we just talk about a lot of things. It is a hodgepodge. It is a goulash. So expect yes. to hear about a lot of things on our show, which you can subscribe to on Patreon.com for some goodies. Except for the yeah. the mind the mind tenant one, that's just one dollar. That just yeah. means you love us, and like even yep. just one of your dollars is it's a month for is you to live rent free right rent here, rent free in our heads, right? And here. that's enough for you is to know we just see your name, and boom, you're in our lives. Well, I guess the rent is a dollar a month, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, you could you subscribe to our page and literally live in the only place in the entire United States that dollar is a rent. Yeah, the rent is a dollar. Indeed, I said it backwards. Dollar rent. Rich, uh, what did you watch? Anything cool? I have watched so much. You always do. You're quite the watcher. I am quite the watcher. That's a deep Highlander cut. It is. I watched. Let's let's open the book here. The book here. The You're things, opening your book. The, the things it's I a watched. Journal book. Um, okay. So, um, last week was Christmas. It was Christmas last week. Merry Christmas, all you listeners out there. Yes. And a happy New Year. In the happiest of New Year's. As we are now in 2022. Good fucking yeah. riddance 2021. Yes. But on Christmas, I went and saw The King's Man. The King's Man. That's that prequel to The Kingsman. It is the prequel to The Kingsman. And um, what did you, 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 you think? Um, did it work? It worked. Um, okay. It was... I mean, it was a prequel. It wasn't bad, but it was... Sure. Because, I, I, mean, I mean... It wasn't... The Watchmen, or not? It wasn't Watch. It wasn't. It wasn't the Kingsman. It wasn't the Kingsman because the Kingsman has a nice allure where you've got um, uh, Taron Egerton. Right. Well, you've got you've got all of the spy activity of James Bond, and you've got all of the surreal tech of Men in Black mixed up in one big pot that is just delicious and and also the handsome main character. Indeed. Yeah. Well, the and. Everybody in this King's Man movie is easy on the eyes. Okay, I mean the main um, the main guy in mm-hmm. it is uh, Ray Fiennes, oh. and so he's you know always always great. In whatever all, he's as long doing. as he has a nose, indeed. Yeah, so great acting. Fun. You yeah. weren't talking about looks, guys. Well, my bad. Well, he's easy on the eyes to me, anyway. I think he's a handsome fellow. No, he's an, he's a, he's handsome. As even long without as he has a nose. Even without, without a, nose. a nose. Even without a nose. Lord Voldemort was. Yeah. Was a check. Yeah. You thought he was. I, well, I. He was what I expected. Okay. I mean, based on all of the descriptions, I would have been disappointed if Rafe's fine. If Ray Fine's honker was on that face, when I saw it. Fair in, enough. In Harry Potter. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense because he's supposed to look like a snake. Exactly. He's a snake man. He's supposed to be just slits for a nose. No, like, just, it's supposed to be that way. What a villain. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Kingsman? So, yes, Kingsman. So, it takes place in World War One, yes. which is 
you know, and they oh great another another this. war movie. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Well, the the interesting concept behind it is that he is a pacifist. Mm-hmm. So he spends the majority of the movie as a pacifist, and his son is like, pacifism's great, but. It's not going to get us where we need to be. When yeah. The world is under too much of a threat mm-hmm. to have this hold on pacifism the way you do. Yeah. We're not going to get to a future and of Johnny Denver with without, you know, yeah. going past pacifism. That's right. So, um, spoiler free, you know, it was, this is, well, if you paid attention to the first Kingsman movie, you know how this plays out. Because in the first Kingsman movie, when they are in, when Harry first tells Eggsy about the Kingsman and yeah. puts his hand on the mirror yeah. for it to drop, he says that a lot of nobility lost their sons in World War One, and that meant a lot of money going uninherited. Oh, and so that money was put into a clandestine secret service. Wow. That was not beholden to any government agency. Right. That makes more sense. Okay. And so that was that was the premise of the first Kingsman, and that was said right there in the first Kingsman. And so I when I see Ray Fiennes and I see his son, I'm like, okay, his son's going to die. Mm-hmm. Because Ray Fiennes is a noble. He is like a baron or something. I can't remember his exact mm-hmm. title, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's Lord of Oxford. Okay. And so when his son dies, he gets his vengeance. Well, he, no, he doesn't get vengeance. He, he does his thing. Yeah. And then at the end, he forms the Kingsman. Right. Agency. Which makes sense. Yes. And so it's a very fun story. It's, you know, and it explains how everything in the Kingsman came to be what it was Mm -hmm. and everything. I would fully expect that the style of the action remains the same from the Kingsman movies that we have watched the modern ones. Um, a bit. It wasn't near as like sped up and choppy. Stylized. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as stylized there. It was more practical, but that makes sense because it's an earlier time. time. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So it was, it's not quite as wacky. Right. And, you know, and there wasn't the technology, so there wasn't a yeah. lot of, you know, gadgets and whatnot. There wasn't a church massacre to Freebird? No Freebird. Okay. More's the pity. And no Elton either. Saturday. I know. I love that. Hey, they're going to start that. filming Kingsman 3 next year. I am super excited for that. Me too. I'm a big I fan of all movies. these. And honestly, this movie... I'm going to pick it up. I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. My wife didn't enjoy it nearly as much as the other Kingsman movies. And was that because of the lack of Taron Edgerton? Exactly. Okay. That, that is exactly sense. what it was. Well, because I tried, you know, getting getting my wife psyched up about it, and she's like, where's Taron? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so maybe this really won't be up her alley as much. Right. So and I'll that's kind of where my wife's at, too. Yeah. It's like, she's got to have the attractive fella. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, she's just not into it. You know, we found out at No Way Home that that uh, I think you know Sarah has a has a crush on Tom Holland. Well, all right. She has a she has a it's unbridled. It's pretty exciting, and you know, it's like a high school crush because yeah. she also feels like he's a baby, right? Even though he's of legal age, she's still like he's a baby, and I can't, right. you know. But 
she didn't know that there was an Uncharted movie coming out with him as Nathan. Yes. But I made her play Uncharted 2. Okay. Which to this day she thanks me for. Yeah. And I literally started, I slapped it in her hand. I was like, here you go. And then she wakes up on a, on a train shot and then dodging stuff. And she's like, holy shit. And then you have to go. Easiest way to get someone into that game is just put it in their hands while you're at the beginning. But yep. um, And then she was excited about that. She doesn't get excited about movie trailers like I do generally. Right. And she was excited about that, which I'm nice. like, cool. That's awesome. Well, I saw the movie trailer. I was just like, oh, man. And actually, when we saw it together, when we saw No Way Home, mm-hmm. I leaned over to Jake and I was like, this this is completely inaccurate. He should have like fallen to his death at least 500 times by this point. <laughs> <laughs> and he started laughing. And then midway through the trailer, we would see Marky Mark. I lean over. I went, oh, Nate, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, God damn it. <sighs> it was it was lots of fun. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was Kingsman. And my wife is actually excited for Uncharted as well, even though she doesn't really have a vested interest in Tom Holland. Yeah. She does in Mark Wahlberg. Oh, there you have it. So, well, you know those games are watchable enough that you could probably did, like play it, and and she would watch you. Probably, they're yeah. very theatrical games. They really are. Yeah, I might play my way back through Uncharted Two again with her watching. Mm-hmm. I might play through it again for yeah. the fourth time. I have to finish Drake's Fortune, or I have to finish the fourth, third one. The third one. Yeah, have I got to finish the fourth the, one. I haven't played the fourth oh, one. Fourth yet. one's wonderful. I got to finish the third one so that I can play the fourth yeah. one. Well, the cool thing is the fourth one is actually coming to PS5 remastered in 4K 30 or 4K 60 frames per second. That and the Lost Legacy, neat, which is Chloe's Uncharted. All right, and it's actually really fucking good. Okay, yeah, cool. What else you watch? What else did I watch? Um, well, I watched. Matrix Resurrections. The Matrix Resurrect. Matrix Four. Matrix Four. T H E M Four T R I X. Yes, I watched it. All right. What did you think of it? Um. Yeah, we should definitely start with me before you. Um. I'm reserved because I enjoyed my experience, and this is a big deal. It kind of sucks because I always find myself coming back to compare to when it comes to movies that like I like the property, but now movies and properties we like are getting made, but that doesn't guarantee we're going to like the movies. And it all depends on whether or not I leave the movie and I liked it. The first time I experienced this was uh, when X-Men 3, The Last Stand, came out. Um, and I left the theater and I was only like 13, 14. And I was like, what was that horse shit? (laughs) You know? And I was like, I don't, I don't feel like that was a good movie. I didn't enjoy myself. Um, I liked beast. So even then I was picking out the shades of gray and stuff like that. Um, and when it comes to the matrix, um, resurrections, I feel like it is the most hit and miss fucking movie I've seen in my life. (laughs) <laughs> for the sheer fact of and it's really funny because some people you know the the reviews of it are torn i like to think of myself who's like half on the dichotomy of someone who goes in you know blind and um you know unexpected of things so i can enjoy the experience but i'm also half critic where if i see something i'm like that was dumb that was awkward that dialogue wasn't good there i feel like a different choice here could have been good and i'll explain that when you know like we dig into it a little bit further but that being said, um, did 
I like it. Yes. Do I think that it was ultimately a good movie? No. That's totally fair. Thank you. When I was watching it, I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is the, this is great. This is the only mm-hmm. way they could mm-hmm. have picked this up and kept going. Yes. And at the same time, I had the thought, I am going to be one of 10 people who sees this movie and actually likes it. Yes. I was like, this is, this is not going to be a great movie. This is not at the Matrix caliber of movies because yes. those first three were so groundbreaking and just surreal and setting a tone that is difficult to live up to. And then this one did not hit that, but it was the best way to resurrect the Matrix. I would see, and in that regard, I would completely agree. Mm-hmm. Because there were ways that, you know, there were some times where I was just kind of like, this is so meta, it hurts. I cannot believe they chose this path. And then there are other ideas that are clever, you know, and in the way that there was the resurrection, I was always, I was thinking to myself for a second, how are they going to do this? And I hope it's not stupid. And it wasn't stupid. And I did like it. And I did think it was clever. Um, And the way they changed some things around. I I feel like there was some... Sarah asked me what she th- what what I thought, and I was like, it's the hardest thing to describe. She's like, what? And I said, it's like some crunchy peanut butter on some fresh strawberry preserves on some toasted sourdough, and then some salt and pepper right in the middle of yeah. it, where you're like, oh, man, this is awesome. Because I really, 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 really liked some of the things they did in this movie. Yeah. And then there were other times that I was just kind of like checking my watch, like, is it – over yet are we going to get something to more, more interesting so right without getting into spoilers because not everyone you know is going to have a chance to see it yet it's only been out for like two weeks right i don't want to do that to anyone who hasn't seen it yet and you know is listening to this i i think it's completely worth watching oh absolutely it's it is utterly enjoyable um it might be hard to watch if you have not seen the other matrixes oh it will be impossible to watch if you haven't seen the other matrixes Matrix, yeah, matrices. The other Matrix movies. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like, if you, I mean, because that's kind of the funny thing is that we were talking about. We say that, and we were talking about me and another guy were talking about it at work in front of a, a lady who's like, I want to see that. We were talking about how Neo and Trinity spoilers for a movie that came out two decades ago um, die at the end of um, Revolution, Revolutions. Yep. And she was like, oh, see, I didn't remember that. And we were like, yeah, so you should probably, like, skip it. <laughs> right. Because you're going to be confused what the point of the resurrection is yeah. in the first place. Now, so, in fairness, yes. prior to seeing this movie, we saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Prior to seeing it in the theater, the wife and I sat down and watched the first Matrix. Oh, okay. Just the first one. Not oh. the full trilogy. Just okay. the first movie. Okay. And we went into it fresh from that. I highly recommend that you do that at least. Yeah, at least the first Matrix. At least the first one. See it before watching this one. Well, and that's the funny thing is that, like, I can honestly say if you've also, but if you've also watched The Matrix so many fucking times back in the day that mm-hmm. you you know it, you're still going to see the iconic shots because they, re- they redo a lot of the same shots from the first one with the helicopter going overhead yeah. and the, the bullet shells clattering on the, you know. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of the same cuts a lot of the same mixes a lot of this and that that meta thing about it that is the kind of cool thing is that's what this matrix is did you notice this is one of the cooler things is that um there was not a green filter Mm -hmm. when you were in the matrix yep 
there was a blue filter. Yep. Little things like that. Yeah. So they highly intended on the movie to be meta in the first place. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what is probably most painful to the critics who just crave something extremely original. In the the amount of meta in this, I think, made it more original. Because there was so much... Like, the first Matrix was a was a realization of the thought experiment of the simula simulacrum philosophy mm-hmm. thought experiment. Yeah. Which is, what if all of your life is simply being a character in someone else's dream? So, you die when the sleeper awakens. Because your whole life, you are just a, you are just a character. Yeah. In someone else's dream. True. And that was, then, when... The internet hit that thought experiment changed to what if we are all just simulations yeah. and we are all just characters in some computer program. Yes. Like we are the background character in a first person shooter or something. Yeah. So which is why eating the steak. Yep. It was such a big deal and also revisited yep. in Matrix uh, Redo to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that, but that, all that meta in there just really drove home that the simulation is there. And yeah. this is, it's still a simulation, but now we know that it's a simulation. Yes. And with our knowledge as viewers, of the simulation, then it's gonna be super meta, and it was just meta enough mm-hmm. for us to see why we recognize the simulation and they don't. Yes, and I think that was key. No, you're totally correct. So, you so know, as a huge Matrix fan, I thought it was great. Yeah, as a movie fan. I think this was a cash grab for Lana Wachowski, and I don't blame her a bit for grabbing the cash. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, how are they going to go back to remaking old 60s cartoons if they don't get some of that Matrix money? You know? Exactly. Because they sure didn't get it from Speed Racer. Oh, man. But I love Speed Racer. Man. I do, too. That movie that was, was perfectly so fine. fucking great. You know who's uh, uh, X? The X, right? Mr. X? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? X Racer? You know who that was? Hmm. It was, it was uh, Matthew Fox. Who's Matthew Fox? Matthew Fox is uh, uh, Jack, the main character of Lost. Okay. It's him. It's a crossover. All right. I'm just giving you more reasons to watch Lost. Okay. Fair enough. And um, then I watched a Netflix movie entitled Don't Look Up, Um, which has fucking everyone in it. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Written and directed by Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah. So I was, I went in kind of expecting the uh, humor that comes with Adam McKay, just because the majority of my experience with him is being Will Ferrell's writing partner on a lot of these comedies and stuff. And I love Will Ferrell. Yeah. So, you know, I was, and I, you remember uh, the landlord Pearl, that's his daughter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So. Where's my rent? the best that was hilarious yes you're drunk again pearl (laughs) getting my beer (laughs) anyway so this movie is a oh 
vicious social commentary on our current environment. And, and I've been waiting for it. And for those of you who don't know, the, the movie synopsis is that a couple of low-level astronomers see an asteroid on a, on a um, collision course with Earth try to warn um, the government and our officials and our political leaders. And what ensues, Rich? Oh, it's so, yeah, right first 10 minutes. They're like, there is a comet headed on a collision course for Earth. It is the size of Mount Everest. Oh, wow. This is going to fucking destroy the entire world. Yes. And we need to get this information to somebody who can do something. Yes. So they go to the White House to report this, you know, and they're like, this is what's going on. And the immediate question from the president because they get right up to the president. Mm-hmm. And the immediate question they get from the president is, how can we spin this to be the Democrats' fault? <laughs> or how can we spin this to be the other party's fault, I should say. Okay. Because there really isn't any reference to a Democratic or, or Republican, Republican party, party, which is a really smart isn't. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very that is played very loose, and it's because both parties are guilty of shit like that. Yes, but they are. Immediately it was, okay, how can we spin this to be the other party's fault? How can we spin this in our favor and not freak everyone out? Uh-huh. Not scare the shit out of everyone who hears this because it's it's fucking scary. Yeah. It's scary yeah, as yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the government is just like, um, well, we don't think it's going to be an issue. <laughs> so we're not going to worry about it. Yeah. And then it goes to, so then they're like, okay, we're going to take it to the press. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll let the news know that this is what's happening. And they end up on a morning talk show mm-hmm. who is just playing it for ratings, just making jokes. So how many houses do you think will be affected by this? Just like, would it, would it affect my house? Would my house be wrecked? Would, can we get one? Can we make sure it's a house in New Jersey? Because that's where my ex lives. It just they're they're <laughs> oh, doing no. their best to keep it upbeat and fun, like any morning show. Yes. Which leads these two astronomers to freak the fuck out. They're like, "Do you not understand what we're saying? This yeah. is a planet killer." <laughs> and so when that airs, the one who freaks out, going, "This is a planet killer. We are all going to die." All these memes are being made about the person and just how they are evil and just they're just being alarmist and just try and it's just spinning it to fake news in there. And the other astronomer is just doing his best to get it out there and get somebody to deal with it. Yes. And so while every while everyone's focusing on the bad astronomer. Yes. The good astronomer is doing everything he can and he's actually making the connections with people and he because of this news thing and then this ending up in the memes now the government's paying attention so then the government goes to him and says okay this is what we want to do this is we're going to send somebody up there to just strategically place a missile blow it up and Mm -hmm. then we'll be fine and so does he remind them that that's literally just armageddon no, no, he does not. Okay. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He was like, he's like, okay, we'll do this. And midway through, they they make another decision. 
that I know, minor spoilers, minor spoilers. Okay. They call it off midway through the launch and bring the guy back and have him land because they discover that the comet is made out of certain metals and minerals oh God. that are in high, high demand for are our technology. Fucking and kidding so me. there's $140 trillion worth of minerals and resources on this comet. They think they can mine in the time that it's going to take because they notice it and say, we have six months, which is plenty of time to deal with this. You can have five different plans to deal with this and enact them all in this time frame. Mm -hmm. And they don't even like have any contingency stuff. And it's just this, this commentary and satire on this disbelief in science and just money first doubling down on beliefs at capitalism at all costs. Yeah. Just Everything that we've been dealing with for the past two and a half years. Yes. And it's all boiled up to this. And when you when you watch it, you get equally frustrated, pissed, and relieved, and just happy laughing at it. That's good. Because it's a good balance. I mean, I've been watching it for a second and seeing some previews. And don't get me wrong, it looks good. It's got Leo DiCaprio in it. It's got Jennifer Lawrence. This is not the first movie I thought they'd fucking share together. Um, but, like, it, watching it and seeing them, you know, um, seeing the previews. Also, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this without being frustrated. Because, like, it's it. you call it satire, but it's also not that far from the truth of what the world fucking feels like right now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's it's modern day Black Mirror. Comedy Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's and yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a humorous Black Mirror oh, no, without the you. without the amped technology. And there is some amped technology, actually, yeah. because there's a very Steve Jobs type that brings up the amount of resources on it and is <laughs> developing his plan to. Yeah. Harvest it. It's silly. What else did you watch? Oh, well, that's it for movies. We go into TV here. And um, so last Sunday, day after Christmas, the 10th season of Letterkenny. Letterkenny. Hit, hit Hulu. Yes. Did and you watch it all? I watched it all. Oh, okay. It is a... It is a glorious return to form. Is Just it? all the stuff. Have, that, have the last few seasons been a little rough? The past few seasons have been a little bit more um, story-driven and serialized. Oh, okay. I've I heard. mean, it's still just as funny, but it's just there's heavier issues going on there as well. Okay. Whereas Fair this enough. is just kind of a return to the dumb fun of the earlier seasons. Yes. Still just as hilarious. So many other references are just great. Uh, via the BFFFF Joe's uh, suggestions, uh, we went and watched the episode where, can you guess? I just want to see off the top of your head which episode we were watching. I was like, Sarah, you got to watch this too. <sighs> and me engaged in Maddie and Sarah watched it. What do you think? Because I all kind of go, in, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Wait, do you mean? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Is that? 
It is the prostate exam. Episode. The prostate exam episode. Yes. And yeah, no, I was going to, I started rewatching letter Kenny again. Mm-hmm. It was, I gotta be honest. Like we, we fell off on the sixth season watching it six or seven season because just like binging that much letter Kenny. I honestly, like I got burnt out. Right. And then I was like, okay, I need to go back and watch it. Cause it is very good. Um, and then I started watching it again, but we came in and it honestly felt like they didn't, you know, miss a beat other than better camera quality and a little bit more artistic expression in the camera work, right. which is things that happen with shows when you get, you know, funded by Hulu right? <laughs> new directors who like their shit. Yeah. Hence the close ups when they were getting the fingers. Yep. You know, <laughs> And they asked the right questions, and you know the way Derry was like scooting close and scooting away when he said, "Well, you know, I was a little against it because I heard it challenges your heterosexuality," (laughs) and you're just over here like you would fucking say that. Yep, Derry, you would fucking say that. Yep. (laughs) And then the girls are in there and they're explaining why they ran away from the doctor, and the girls are like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" The girls are also in the office when they're all lined up bitching about their prostate exam. and this is where where Joe sold the me. Pap smear. And they start talking about grabbing these forceps that stretch him out. And they put Derry on the chair, and they're like, "Scoot up!" <laughs> and he scoots, and they're like, "More!" And more. he scoots more. And then Wayne gets uncomfortable, and he says, "Well, I think he scooted far enough, okay?" <laughs> and they're like, "I wish more." Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, very good. Very excellent. Good. Excellent stuff. I need to watch the rest of the season. You really do. Yes. yes. The uh, the final couple episodes with the um, with uh, Riley and Jonesy are oh yeah pretty pretty freaking hilarious. Yeah, I'm down. I'm here for it. It's it's good stuff. Yeah. And I mean the um, there's not as much of the hockey player stuff, and it's been I think it's because the last couple seasons were pretty hockey player heavy oh fair enough and so they kind of backed it up a bit for those of you who don't know letter kenny by the way <laughs> right letter kenny is a canadian uh tv show uh, comedy. About a comedy Clearly. Yeah, about um a little town called letter kenny that is rural canada rural canada yes. yes and it's got so it's the main character wayne it's got hicks hockey players christians and skids or meth heads. Yes. And so it revolves around how they interact with each other. And the main character, Wayne, being, you know, he likes to be choring. That's what we call yeah. it, choring. He's choring around the house. And, you know, he's the kind of character you ask him, why don't you got a belt? And he's like, well, because I buy pants that fucking fit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The whole bit that, so- that sold me on Wayne was in the very first episode, the cold open, when he goes... You take off your shirt to fight, but leave your sunglasses on. What kind of backwards fucking pageantry is that? <laughs> the minute I heard that, I was like, I'm I'm on board We're for here. every bit of this. We're here. Whatever whatever they're selling, I'm. He's buying. here it's to fine. ridicule every single thing. Hence the reason, you know, and he's also just like this proper decency guy. He's got some weird rules where like he breaks up with a girl because she's farting and he doesn't like it. And he says it's not a prop. It's not proper to fart in front of each other. And that, that one, I'm just kind of like, that's a little too stiff. But Wayne is also the stiffest fucking character in the show. Right. And makes sense. But, you know, he'll avert his eyes, of course, when his sister's walking around in, in, a, in a fucking bikini. It's a laundry day. Yeah. Well, you need to go to the doctor. And he's like, I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't know what your aversion to the fucking doctor is. I don't know what your aversion to fucking clothes are. (laughs) 
<laughs> Meanwhile, he's literally just turned away because yep. he does not want to see his sister wearing that stuff. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's he's great. It's it's a lot of fun. The yes. show's great, and it, just every step of it is awesome. Yes, it is. There's one bit in this season where Wayne is uh, hammered. Mm-hmm. Really early, way before everybody else, he he started tying them on. That's the cold early. open to the to the one to the one. Oh, yeah. it is that's where a, he's like pacing open. around, mm-hmm. and he gets up every five minutes to go get in Derry's face <laughs> yeah. just in case Derry meant something by it. Yep, yep. Oh, okay, I thought that. Yeah, that's I wasn't sure where that cold that open happened when I saw yeah. that cold up open. I was like, uh-huh. oh, this is good stuff. Yeah, this is great. What were so. they talking about when he was drunk? Because that was a good one. It wasn't about oh. the exam, but it was about I'm trying tipping, to tipping your server. Tipping your server. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did yes. they call it? Jerrion? Leave the sherry. Leave the cherry? Get the sherry. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I blazed through it so freaking fast. Yes. And typically for me to remember and quote Letterkenny, I got to watch the entire thing like four or five times. That makes sense. And so I blazed through <clears> all nine previous seasons at mm-hmm. least four times oh well that works so see i'm, I'm gonna have to go through those again but and now i'm go- probably gonna loop those through about another four or five times because every time they drop a new season i start at the beginning and go all the way fucking through oh, perfect it's not like it's a big binge anyway because no. each episode's only like 25 minutes and there's only six episodes per season seven with the holiday ones I'll probably get back to letter Kenny a little bit more hardcore when I am done with season five of Rick of Rick and Morty um, yes. which I'm more than halfway through now and uh, um, you mean you haven't made it all the way through education. and you've been re-watching <laughs> the in Rick dependence spray over and over yes even though you haven't made it through the yes. entire season Oh. I'm sorry, Rick Dependent Spray, the fourth episode of the fifth season of Rick and Morty, is probably one of the best pieces of animated comedy I've ever seen in my fucking life. That's because you haven't seen the sixth episode yet. Yes, I did. You did? That's the, the Thanksgiving? Yes. Okay. And don't get me wrong, that one was also incredibly funny. I was like, this is, this, I, I was like, I, I think still, they were spying on Daniel to write this episode. It's true, because <laughs> it it's, it's, oh man. It's a war on turkeys. It's a war on turkeys, just plain, straight and simple. And don't get me wrong, I do love everything about that. Rick Dependent Spray is still, Rick Dependent Spray is still top to bottom, I think, just flawless. Now, the other one where, um, the, the, the turkey in, in, Infiltrates um, that it's, you know, it's so hard to talk about an episode of of Rick and Morty because it changes as it goes along so much in terms of what is actually happening in said episode. Oh yeah, that you can't really talk about the episode. You could, we could seriously devote an entire episode of this show to one episode of Rick and Morty. Yes, and maybe it, within the hour of us talking about it, we might cover all the points of yeah. this twenty-two minute episode, episode, which is just fucking batty. Yeah, it's crazy. But lots um, of fun. Yeah. So long story short, no, that one was very good. But no, the fun story um, about Rick and Morty is that uh, um, last night, you, this is gonna this is gonna warm your heart. Um, my father in law, who uh, is disabled, um, he had a stroke a few years ago while undergoing complications of heart disease. Um, my mom and uh, well, my mother-in-law and my wife, Sarah, go upstairs and leave me and him after eating dinner. We're just sitting there, like, stuffed to the brim, and, and I think that's the first time we've, like, just legitimately been left alone together. Nice. Just to just literally make eye contact and talk about something. And we, it's not like we don't talk about things. It's just usually other people are there to right. contribute. 
So we're looking at him, and he says, I'm stuffed. I'm like, I'm so stuffed, too. And pause, sipping water. I say, you ever watch Rick and Morty? And he goes, no. What's it on? I'm like, HBO Max. He says, I just got that. Cut to us in the upstairs loft, also the man cave, watching it on the 70-inch, and him laughing on Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> Okay, either you jumped around or you blazed through it that fucking fast. I jumped around. Okay. I started. I always start with Total Recall. Okay. I think Total Recall is the definitive episode to get someone started on Rick and Morty because the first season I don't think is flawless. Um, and it has to. You have to hit a certain pace before everything is funny, and then maybe you can come back to the first season, and then everything is funny because you've you know gotten used to those characters, and it's not so bad now. But Total Recall, I think, is one of those first episodes that just has every character being as silly as they can possibly be. And the the episode of Total Recall is where the alien parasites come in and force the characters to go into flashbacks where they remember this person is a family member. And then they will eventually take over the whole world by, you know, impersonating new characters that they knew through flashbacks. So yeah. Rick writes the number six on the wall, subs it on the wall. He's like, if there's any more of us, then that's what, you know, that's an issue right um uh, pencil what was his pencil vester pencil vester and he's holding a pencil that he just wrote six with he goes yeah and then they have a, a flashback to how he met pencil vester and then that that flashback introduces the next character and i think it's definitive because every character in the first season they're kind of introducing characters as kind of the losers without you know any kind of like admirable or hilarious qualities that is why i think this episode is flawless because um Rick, uh, the the ancillary side characters of um, Summer, the sister, um, Jerry, the dad, and Beth get all of their own little, you know, like moments as also just shitty or stupid people <laughs> where they're constantly ready to shoot Summer for whatever reason because they're like, it's not you. Jerry, who is not gay, is remembering a fucking <laughs> is remembering a fucking uh, romantic vacation he took with his wife's husband, Sleepy Sleepy Gary. Sleepy Gary. <laughs> I have seen all of these episodes so, so many, many times, times. You will remember yeah, the fucking names remember of every, every bit of it. And and meanwhile, Beth it almost makes it through the, to the entire episode until she shoots Mr. Poopy Butthole because <laughs> she can't remember a bad memory with him to indicate he is the fucking parasite. But he's not a parasite. <laughs> he is just the most wonderful character they've ever met in the entire show. And now she's the asshole because she's and he goes, I'm sorry that we didn't have any bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah no it's good it's good shit it is like the best shit in uh, my opinion that's why i think it's like one of the best at least episodes to get people hooked on nice so, yeah. i've i've historically gone with me seeks and destroy me seeks and destroy is also a good one because yes. i that's first season still it's kind of still establishing things and we should have watched that one and, well and it kind of defines the i i think you're right though i think that total recall is a better introduction 
as long as you watch the Meeseeks episode before season four, because season four starts to get into the deep cut things where um, there's an episode where Rick is looking for his body because Morty accidentally destroyed it, looking into his futures with a blue crystal in his forehead. Right. Rick is trying to find a good body so he can get Morty out of his fucking destruction phase and is jumping around in these different bodies and he's looking through his shit and he says, he says, God damn it, Morty took the Meeseeks box and now all this is a shitty Kirkland brand one and he pops it open <laughs> and it's a red Mr. Meeseeks going, what do you want? <laughs> 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 Which no one knows if you don't know Mr. Meeseeks. And right. he says, it's me, Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> what do you want? Kirkland brand one. He's smoking a cigarette. He's got fucking stubble and a red hair. Yeah. Well, in fairness, earlier than that, Morty triggered like several Meeseeks and told them to shield him from the law. <laughs> and then they go running into basically oh, suicide yeah, by cop. Oh, yeah, he probably saw that. See, I came in right. after that episode. I didn't remember it top to bottom. So. Right. But I didn't yeah. mean to jump in. No, but. no. So I, I think you're right. And I, I think that part of the reason that everybody immediately suspects Summer is mm-hmm. because she is the least shitty of all of them. So they have less bad memories of her. Fair enough. And only Morty is. And yeah, Morty's going to have bad memories because it's of her, her older sister. She walks yeah. up, cucks, kicks him in the nuts from behind while he's watering the fucking lawn. Yeah. Says, "Stay out of my room." He's crying on the lawn, going, "I didn't go in your room." <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. oh, and then Summer with drunk. Be- uh, the show's just fucking excellent, yep. top to bottom. Yep, every time. Just, You're not wrong. I love it. Yes, it's great. What else? You so watch? what else do I watch? And you were on Letter Kenny. I was on Letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my niece for Christmas, I got her a stuffed animal from a show called The Owl House. Then I was like, what the hell is The Owl Because when she, my sister said, your niece would love this okay. for Christmas. And okay. it was on an Etsy shop. And I was like, oh, cool, get it. And so my wife ordered it. And I was like, what the hell did we get her? Mm-hmm. Because I have no idea what this thing is. Yeah. And you had to watch Owl Story. Well, and then she explains that it's from Owl House. And I was For like, well, Owl what, House. what the fuck is Owl House? So I do my Google search on it. It is a cartoon on Disney, okay. like the Disney XD. Okay. It was content for that akin to Gravity Falls. Okay. And so um, this is this is when I found out about Gravity Falls. What's and Gravity Falls? Gravity Falls is another Disney cartoon that I could have sworn when I first heard about it would have been Cartoon Network. It looks like a Rick and Morty type cartoon. And I'm like, why the fuck is this on Disney? Okay. This is not Disney material. And in fact, it lasted two seasons and then Disney cut it despite being very, very popular Mm -hmm. because it didn't line up with their image. Fair enough. It, It was weird. It's a weird cartoon. Gotcha. And my sister was explaining this to me and I was like, well, you just fucking sold me on gravity falls so i watched the first episode of gravity falls yes i highly recommend gravity falls okay it's really really good and so owl story kind of follows suit and and owl houses along those same lines i'm just gonna keep it i'm gonna keep calling it owl story from now on (laughs) sorry owl house owl house fair enough i just yeah howls yeah and this is apparently a very it's along the same lines as gravity falls it's not like a spinoff or anything but it's like the same animation studio, and the animation looks very, very close to Fairly Odd Parents, mm-hmm. which is what was leading me down the path of 
this is a Nickelodeon or a Cartoon Network type show. Disney would have been furthest from my fucking mind. Mainly because there's no merchandising. There's no stuffed animals. There's no there's no merch at all for either of these shows. I just had a hard sideways flashback about Fairly Odd Parents. All right. What did Wanda shapeshift into? The 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 god fair, the fairy godparent Wanda. Okay. She, she I think they shapeshifted into whatever. A, 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 animals. I thought I thought they were still specific to like animals and water. I will be completely honest with you. The only thing I know about Fairly Odd Parents is that Tara Strong is the voice of the kid. Oh. I haven't watched the show beyond like okay. I've got my very base familiarity with it. Okay. So go 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 ahead. If you don't go fairly odd parents, then you're gonna get a bunch of <laughs> WandaVision stuff. You should you should go anyway. ahead. So I started watching Gravity Falls. This first episode was hilarious. Okay. It was a lot of fun. It's about these two kids who are um Visiting are, we on gra- are we on Gravity Falls? Or? Yes, this is oh, Gravity okay, Falls. Okay. I haven't watched Owl House yet. Oh, okay. I started with Gravity Falls, and I was like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna see how this. Oh, goes. so the show you actually watched was Gravity Falls. Correct. Okay. Yes. I thought you watched the Owl lead House. up to it was that my niece wanted something from the Owl House. The House. Yes. Got it. So, which led me to Gravity Falls. Gravity which Falls. Is why I watched Gravity Falls, okay. which is great. It's hilarious. It starts with these kids in a golf cart, just blazing away away from this enormous monstrous evil thing that is crashing through the forest chasing them and then it flashes back to how they ended up in this golf cart Uh running away from this unspeakable evil Mm -hmm. and the reveal on it is fucking hysterical what they are fleeing from why they are fleeing from it and how they get away and get them to get to not being chased by it. Okay. That's heavy spoilers. I don't want to get into that. Oh, but you think it's totally worth? Oh, it's absolutely worth, worth watching. watching I really want to watch. Is on Disney Plus. So, spoilers for Gravity Falls. I'm about to spoil this for well, Daniel don't, 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 a bit. Don't. No, I, I don't just want you a to. bit. I'll watch it if it's really that good. Because there's never come a time that you were, like really were hesitant to spoil something. It's yeah. It's is it pretty, on Disney Plus? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Well, That's then, how I found it. Well, then I'll watch it. Yeah, check it then out. I'll Disney Plus. It. It's fucking great. So I'm gonna watch the rest of that. Well, at I mean, some point. But unfortunately, my time is kind of limited because of all of the new Dexter and Yellow Jackets. And Disney Plus said, "Oh yeah, hey, remember that whole uh, thing we ended the Mandalorian with? Well, yeah, here's the show, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. The bookest Boba Fett. Yes." So I watched that, and I know you did too. Yeah, I did. And you know, I'm I'm real happy with it. I'm not. I don't think I'm nearly as excited for it as everyone else was. But um, you know, it literally hasn't been a week since it came out, so we can't go into spoilers. But right. I think it's gonna be good. I, I so I, far, I, I think so far, yeah. Um, I think it has a lot of potential. I think it's gonna be fucking nuts by the end of the show. Um, but I do like so far. I, I I like the theme of it. It is a darker Mandalorian for sure. 
It is a grittier, far more Western oriented. And the entire, it seems like the entirety of this is going to be on Tatooine. But I could also see it being a little bit more worth binging later on because this episode was very much a chunk. This was very, very chapter one. Yes. You know? It was. And that's kind of the largest part. It didn't feel like very complete front to back because at the end of the, the first episode, you're kind of expecting a little bit more. Right. But to see what it is, I feel like if I had any gripes about it, I feel like the first episode could have used just a little bit more of the world and situation building of the situation he was in because it really only touched... It, it barely um, brushed the the edge of the situation that he's in and the way things are changing in, in his life, the way Tatooine is changing now that he's a crime lord, um, the way people are going to talk to him, the way that um, – or figuring out as well the way he came to um, escape at least the desert because we know he gets out of the Sarlacc pit, clearly. Right. But what follows that is what seems like, you know, the real journey. Right. Is what happens after he's out of the Sarlacc pit. Right. So. Yeah. I kind of like the flashback to the current stage type thing. but Yeah. The forward and backwards is pretty cool. But then sometimes even further back. Yeah. But that's spoiler territory. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, you know, it's, I mean, is it technically spoiler territory? I mean, I wouldn't call that spoiler territory, really, because it's something people have seen before. Yeah. But when he's in his back-to-tank healing, mm-hmm. he's seeing flashbacks to when he is a child, holding his father's helmet on Geonosis, yeah. and the stormy, you know, stormy winds of uh, Camino. Yeah. Which is really, like, telling of, like, what his childhood was like. And if they're going to start drawing back to the Clone Wars, it does make me wonder if the main villain of the show might end up being someone who had to do with the Clone Wars in those situations. Hmm. Yeah. But no one's heard my craziest theory. What's your craziest theory? My craziest theory about this. Okay, he's on Tatooine. Um... Timothy Oliphant's character, mm-hmm. the sheriff, who was wearing his armor. Yep. I was glad to hand it over. He was in um, the book Aftermath. There was a trilogy of, of uh, books from Empire's End. Okay. Um, and one of them took place on Tatooine where there was a guy seen walking around in Boba Fett's armor. Right. This is the first time we heard of that character that played by Timothy Oliphant. Okay. And furthermore, there was another character in that book, a street peddler. Doing tricks for money. He's mm-hmm. a beggar. His name is Jar Jar Binks. He's on Tatooine. Here's the deal. Okay. Here's the deal. Um, Unless he's... Nope, it's the exact same time frame. Unless he's met an unfortunate end in, you know, like a three-year span. If the, Depending on how big the time span is between, you know, like the, the books and this Book of Boba Fett show, there's a very good chance that... You were looking at Maz Eisley in that episode of Book of Boba Fett. Jar Jar Binks was fucking in there somewhere. Hmm. That's unfortunate. I despise Here's Jar Jar Binks. Though, I know so that. I know that. I know that. And there's a reason he wasn't in the second or third movie um, a lot at least. But hear me out this way. 
Would you give Jar Jar Binks a fair shake if John Favreau wrote him? I think my hatred of him is giving him a fair shake. <laughs> <laughs> so take do that what you will. Uh, he was, and I am not one of those fan those fans that is conflating the actor and the character. So I think the guy that played him did a fantastic job. Yeah, he did what he was he, hired to do. He pulled off something that was very, very difficult to pull off. It is not his fault that it was a horrible character that never should have been conceived of or greenlit onto a fucking movie screen. It's true. And the only reason it happened is because George Lucas thought it was a good idea. Yeah, well, and That's George it. Lucas Boom. surrounded himself with fanboys to make his Star Wars movies instead of actually talented, critical people. Yes. So Who would be like, please don't, George R. Banks. Right. Like his ex-wife would have been like, "This is stupid. Don't even, don't even bother filming this. This is it's so, so dumb. It's so true. And if you film any of it, it's going to end up on the cutting room floor." Yeah, but no, Book of Boba Fett is, and I have a note here. This is a definitely minor spoiler, um, just because it's kind of a thing. But we know for a fact how dark this is going to be of a show, especially in comparison of Mandalorian. Did you notice what the Trandoshan? gifted in the beginning of the show there um he's in court taking um tribute fealty tribute from other you know people in tatooine yeah and he's getting his protection yes did you notice Mm -hmm. what the trandoshan offered the lizard man trying to remember it was a pelt yes a wookie pelt it was a fucking wookie pelt (laughs) yes and you think about how lovable Wookiees are, and we love Wookiees, and Wookiees are cuddly. A Wookiee got fucking skinned, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. That was a Wookiee pelt that was getting gifted to, to Boba Fett. So this is not your, your mama's fucking... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is definitely... If you definitely want some darker Star Wars, this is it. And I'm all here for it. That was something that was certainly cool, and it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yep. Which means it might continue to go this direction. Yeah, if he stays on, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. how many he directed on it, but mm. you can definitely tell the difference in tone with the different directors on Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know what we should see also by the end of the year? Hmm. It's Obi Wan. Obi Wan. What else you watch? Oh, that was the end of my list. Oh, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get through mine because we're running long. In yeah. Tooth here. Um, things that I watch because I'm trying to like I wish I could find where my list was because I was I had it up and then I started changing things. Okay, there we go. Um, only thing that I watched that we didn't talk about here was Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. How was that? It was rough. <laughs> okay, because here's the deal: you watch things from properties you like. We talked about this. Matrix Resurrections, completely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Glad I watched it, even if I didn't agree with everything in the movie. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Raccoon City was, you know, a big attempt to do right by the video games while they went. Um, and it technically did do right by the video games. It was beat by beat. It had a lot of things in there that were, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, definitely in the movie in, until it didn't. Um until it got to a point where no character is likable because they're all either annoying or stupid. The only one who was legitimately funny was the villain, which was fun, played by um, Tom Hopper. Okay. Who is um, number one in Umbrella Academy. 
but he plays Wesker and they, you know, they try to do a lot of things to really, you know, adapt from the games. Okay. And in some of those situations they were successful, but at that rate, it was a fan flick. It was a fan film. And that's what made it rough. It was a little scary when you, when you detach yourself from the film, of course, and allow it. Yeah. It, it was scary, but there's no way in hell this movie is getting a fucking sequel. No. Which sucks because they teased the sequels and the, the potential for those. But again, it was just rough. And if you are a gigantic Resident Evil fan, sure, watch it. If you're not really, you really, really, really shouldn't be watching this. That's fair. I, I would still argue that Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse is a better Resident Evil movie than Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Okay. Which is a pretty staunch recommendation. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. I, funny story. I actually had the first three Resident Evil movies on VHS. Oh, VHS. Yes. I had them on VHS. The first Resident Evil um, was the first movie to, like, seriously fuck with me. I never watched any of them. You never watched any of them? I had them, never watched them. Because you don't do scary movies, or? I just, um, I would buy movies, like, when, when DVD hit big, and then streaming, and Netflix really took off. Video stores started shutting down fast. Yes. And so I was picking up movies for a quarter. Oh, that makes sense. So I would walk out of there spending like 15 bucks and have 60 movies in a bag. Booyah. And so there was just, at the time, I bought so many movies and just didn't make my way through all of them. Okay. Before I made the jump over to DVD. Yeah. Because it was a shit ton of movies. Yeah. And nobody ever said, oh, you have Resident Evil? Let's watch Resident Evil. No one said that. No one ever said no that. No one ever said it once. No. Fair enough. And I understood that the last two were kind of a love letter between Mila Jovo- Jovovich and her husband. Because they both, he's the director, she's the main star, yes. and they just kind of, it was just kind of a circle jerk for the two of them. Well, let me, let me tell you, they tried real hard by the end. Um, it's really funny because they started falling off. Resident Evil sort of started, you know, was sort of in the vein of, actually, no, the first Resident Evil movie and the Resident Evil game are nothing alike. Other than the fact that there's a basement. But in the movie, the basement is where they spend 90% of the fucking movie. Okay. Now, what I can say, there is a, a, a scene in a hallway with lasers that is a um, pretty gory scene, but they slice people up. It's a security deterrent. Okay. And it was good enough that they put a sequence in Resident Evil 4 with this, where, you jump, where you're jumping around dodging lasers, which is pretty cool. Okay. In my opinion. That being said... um. The second movie, they went back to, you know, they went back to basics and they were in the city with more video game, with actual video game characters because, like, there was not one fucking character in the first Resident Evil movie that was in the games. Okay. <laughs> that made it rough. But when they get to the second movie, there were characters from the games. Okay. Including Nemesis, which is a big, scary zombie giant. He'll fuck you up. He has a rocket launcher. 
All right. And then they get to the third movie, which is Extinction. The zombie outbreak got to the whole world. This is something that's never happened in Resident Evil. It got out to the whole world. And uh, they end up in Las Vegas. And it is silly. So the rest of the fucking series has to be in, like, you know, post-apocalyptic times. But eventually they start adopting from the new games the Las Plagas, which are um, basically a new variant of zombie. But they have leeches sprout from their head. You didn't get this far in Resident Evil 4. You could start popping heads. But then, like, giant leash monsters would pop from the head and start wriggling at you while you're walking over or be a spider. And if you kill the body, the spider detach and runs at you. All right. Resident Evil 5 had a new version of the Chainsaw Man that tries to come get you. Okay. Which was the Executioner, which is a gigantic man with an axe. Okay. It takes, this is in Resident Evil 5, which takes place in Africa. Okay. And their answer to this was literally having the executioner in resident evil five, the movie walk out of the ocean, dragging his ax. Like he walked over from fucking Africa as Toto plays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised it wasn't. And literally just showing up, pulling this fucking ax emerging from the ocean. Like this was the most plausible way. He got up, walked away from being killed by Christian Shevin five to come over and fuck with the fucking characters in the Resident Evil five movie. Well, I mean, there's, which has nothing to do with Resident Evil five game. There's nothing that a hundred men or more couldn't do because of the blood, the rains in Africa. It's true. But anyway, uh, welcome to Raccoon City. Definitely only worth watching if it's free on your streaming services. So, not good as a video game movie, not good as a movie? I mean, good as a video game movie, but you set the bar so low that you don't expect to watch a good movie usually anyway. True, okay. So, which generally only happens unless it's adopted as a show. I almost forgot the movie my wife and I watched last night. Oh, really? Yeah, we watched a movie called Paradise Hills. Oh, what is that? It is a modern-day college-age story of the Stepford Wives. Oh, really? I don't really? know if you're familiar with the Stepford Wives. That sounds terrible. I know the Stepford Wives, yes. It wasn't... They're robots. It wasn't horrible, but it was just... Well, in this, they're... Typically, with a Stepford Wives story, it's just... Wives are reprogrammed to be perfect for their husbands. Yes. So whether it's a brainwashing thing, they are replaced, Mm -hmm. there's a body snatcher thing, and there's robots, whatever. The whole premise of the Stepford Wives is that women's identity is being taken away and replaced with their husband's idea of the female identity. Yeah. And um, Aquafina was in it. was not expecting that. Yeah, that's really... Um, and the more stuff I see Aquafina in, I appreciate her more as an actress. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I saw her in the new uh, Jumanji: The Next Level mm-hmm. as one of the characters, and she was she really made me believe that she was a college age guy trapped in the body of an Asian ninja in this game. Sure. So she did a fantastic job. Yes. And in this movie, she did an excellent job. It wasn't a great movie, and I mean, it had Emma Roberts in it. And I guess my hatred of Julia Roberts kind of transfers over to all family, I guess. I don't know. Something about her bothers me. Really? 
Yeah, not a fan. Oh. Of Emma Roberts? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't hate her nearly as badly as I hate Julia Roberts. Right. But. Well, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, the hate of snakes that I have where, like, you know, it's a little less because looking at Julia Roberts to Emma Roberts, you know, Emma Roberts doesn't look like she can unhinge her jaw and swallow you at any moment. Right. Exactly. So. And it, but she does look a little bit like Julia Roberts. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think it's a looks thing. I don't know. There's something sure. about it that just kind of mm, I don't know. I, don't I, know. Ju- I just think Aaron Brockovich is a great movie. Haven't seen it. That's okay. I watched Pretty Woman and I was like, I am done with this person. <laughs> she is just not good. Oh. And then I saw another movie with her in it, and I was like, Oh my god, she is horrible. Pelican Brief. Um, actually, Hook. Hook? Oh, yeah, she was in Hook. Was it? She was Tinkerbell. Yeah, she was the world's worst Tinkerbell ever. She kind of was. She was pretty. Um, Why do you think she was the worst Tinkerbell? Hmm? Why do you think she was the worst Tinkerbell? Because um, she was grown up? I don't know. Can you imagine? It's, it's tough to. It's tough Julie to Roberts looks too mom like. To be fawning over a 13-year-old boy. Maybe she was technically younger, too, at the time. There is there is nothing... Oh, yeah, there was of, a younger actress. There is nothing in any of her performances mm-hmm. that really sells me on what she is trying to achieve. Oh, so you think okay. she's like the 90s Evangeline Lilly? Oh, yeah. Okay. Ab- uh, definitely. Got it. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly it. it. Yeah. Yes. Because in Pretty Woman, she did not sell me that she was a whore. Now, the thing is... <laughs> The thing is, is that whatever movie she's in, yes, everybody else is on their A game. Yes, Richard Gere put on an amazing performance uh-huh, uh-huh. in Pretty Woman. Yes, so did Jason Alexander. So mm-hmm. did her friend in that. I can't remember the actress's name, but everybody in that was on point because she was so fucking horrible uh-huh. that they had to sell it harder. No, that makes sense. That and makes more sense. and it's the same thing with Hook. She was so bad that I truly believe Robin Williams was Peter Pan all grown up. <laughs> and I was sold on it. You know, 100%. You know that movie was was like critically like panned. Oh huh? yeah, yeah, no, that was And if you go back and watch it, it is not a great movie. Is at it though? Cuz I feel like I go back and watch it and it just doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with it to me. Well, Dustin I, Hoffman as fucking Hook. I mean, come on. Oh, he's He's excellent. Every, Bob Hoskins is every me. interaction between him and Bob Hoskins yes. is Oscar worthy. It is those two totally awesome. Well, except Glenn Close is in the fucking movie, so that doesn't help. No, I mean because she would uh, just steal it right from under them. Absolutely. No, that's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep would steal it right from under them. Well, Glenn Close, if she had been in it for much longer, she probably would have just yeah, ripped it away true. from him. But it's true. I mean, she really sold the fearful pirate being trapped in a box. It's true. The fearful male pirate being yes. trapped in a box. It would be hilarious if they were like winning the Oscar, like it's a joint Oscar. And they're like, we'll just saw it in half. And then she runs on stage, rips off her fake beard. It was me. And then the, they, there's a committee that comes up. They pull up a new envelope and then make Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins read off that the Oscar goes to, <laughs> that the Oscar they're now going to have to glue back together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> goes to Glenn Close for Scared Pirate in a Box. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, it's good. Well, let's talk about video games. Okay, let's talk about video games. And do, do, would you? Uh, would you? Do you? Uh, we should. I mean, there's a big development here. There's a big development. And you know, there was a moment in the previous episode where I was looking right at the fucking camera <laughs> because I knew something you didn't. Yep. yep and you were yep. talking about. You were yeah. saying. When I get my Xbox Series X and I said, well, what about your PS5? And you said, well, at least the Xbox Series X is feasible. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened? Um, you and my wife. Um, we conspired. I think you may have sacrificed a goat. Um, possibly did um, some offerings of immortal souls to lesser demons. I'm not entirely certain how you pulled this off. But... You and my wife conspired and actually got me a PlayStation 5. We did. Yes. I'm still convinced there's some sorcery involved. Well, here's a sorcery. Um, keeping your notifications on and Twitter open. And I've been doing that. <laughs> and every time I've gone to buy one, mm -hmm. the website turns funky. Mm -hmm. The... Um, Twitter notification says, oh, there seems to be some issue. Stand by. Never mind. It's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, OK, there's this is impossible. There is mm -hmm. no way to do this. And then you're having a bad day. So Christy <laughs> just waltzed down the stairs and and handed it to me. Which uh, and the first what was going through your mind? Uh, the first thing that came to mind was the first thing that came out of my mouth, which is fucking how. Yeah. How? I have been trying this for months. This just does not work. What the fuck? <laughs> How did you said. do this? And she was like, Daniel made it happen. And I was like, okay, Daniel, Daniel knows someone. Daniel knows something. <laughs> because it is a Because third, everything is, he has told me about getting this has not worked for me. It's the third PS5 I've purchased. It's, I got, you have I got some gauges. Amazing, you have some amazing luck with that, then. I got Andrews. I think I do. Well, it's also like when I'm in the place at the time. It just depends, and I run around, and I, I kind of, well, I read up on it, too. I don't, like, reload the page, which is something people fuck up with. Mm -hmm. You are in a line. Every time you're on that page and you're buying a PS5, folks, you're in a line right to to do it so if you click refresh you're literally putting yourself at the back of the line and that's why when it says hold on a second it will reload the page and put you in the queue yeah in the card yeah so i mean i can say it that you know i had some hairy like anticipation hoping i was going to be able to pull this off and i got it in the cart and i said christy do you am i buying this and she said oh god yes <laughs> she's like thank you thank you thank you thank you thank <laughs> you and i got it nice um, funny story, funniest story. Um, uh, Gabe, our friend, um, bodybuilder, rocket scientist. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He's an uh, engineer scientist. He's not a doctor. He's a master, master rocket, master science rocket. Anyways, he's ripped and does the engineer stuff. Yeah. He's pretty smart. He's 95% shoulder. Yeah, he is. Um, so don't fuck with him. But like he, um, he, I was trying to get on too. Until Walmart made a fucking membership program to deter the bots. Right. So that you had to log in with your program and then you could be there to buy it. Makes sense. Whatever. Um, and so he ended up buying his through there and it got delayed three weeks. So he purchased his PS5 about two weeks before I got yours. Okay. Guess who got their PS5 first? <laughs> This guy? <laughs> he got it delivered. He's playing it now. So right. like, he's okay. good. He got a new 4K It's TV. all worked out. It's all he worked out. He is enjoying himself thoroughly. 
on his new PS5 playing Excellent. Demon Souls, doing all the stuff. But I just thought it was kind of funny. And I was sitting there. He decided to call me while I was in the parking lot waiting for them to bring it out of the Target. Nice. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, do you really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? Now I was like, I'm getting handed a PS5. And he's like, what? How? And I'm like, it was just on Target. And they didn't charge me a membership program. He's like, shit. The fucking FedEx program says mine's in Ohio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So, how's your PS5? It's it's great. It's good times. Lots of fun. Some crispy 4K. Yeah, setting. crispy, crispy 4K yes. settings. So, um, I have been playing some games on it. Yes. Now, the first thing I did was. Um, pop borderlands 2 in there and get that <laughs> of course you up. fucking did of course i fucking did <laughs> did you get an uh, a 4k textures update for it yes did it pop up okay cool yeah. cool, cool cool yeah it oh, looks great i bet it's spectacular and the, the frame rate's got to be like just top notch oh it's it's, uh, it's awesome yeah it's all good absolutely. stuff i'm yeah. a big fan good. so it, it's playing well and everything and i was i have started the vault hunter what oh, what is it? Once you beat the game, once you go into Vault Hunter mode, is that uh, what it is? yeah, Vault Hunter mode? Right. So, I'm at that point on the southern shelf, and my wife is watching me play. And some of the best stuff in Bout Borderlands Two, which keeps me there and keeps me going back, is Handsome Jack cutting into your Echo device and talking shit to you. Yes, the entire fucking game. I have a, a pony made entirely of diamonds. I think I'm going to name him after you. Butt Stallion. Butt Stallion. <laughs> and then you actually meet Butt Stallion you do. In, in Tiny Tino's. You do. Uh, oh, you you also yeah. meet him in Tales of the Borderlands. Yes. Which is uh, also a Telltale game. Yes. Which is pretty funny. They give you the option to sh- to to fuck with it. And you're like, yeah, fuck, fuck Butt Stallion. And you can, you can shoot it. <laughs> nice. So I shot it in the ass. Excellent. It started to bleed. No, oh, no. <laughs> of course. Oh no! A pony made of diamond. And you it was made just it frozen bleed. in the air, like it was posed. <laughs> it started to bleed. I was like, "Oh fuck! What did I do?" <laughs> there's, there's no uh, rhyme and reason for that game, which you still desperately need to play. Yeah. But my my wife is hearing this, and she's like, "What are you playing?" Yep. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is great. The The main villain of the game just talks shit to you the entire time you're playing. And I was like, I cannot wait until Roland dies. So you, you can hear the shit he talks <laughs> after Roland <laughs> is gone. It's fucking ridiculous. It's hilarious. Yes. Oh, it's such good stuff. Anyway. Yes. So I've been enjoying that. No, naturally. And then... Um, there's been a game that um, I have been low-key obsessed with for a very long time that I've never played prior to this. And the main reason for my obsession is because one character in this game. Yes. And the game in question is Dragon's Crown. And it was originally for the PS3. I think it was ported over to the PS4. PS Vita. It was originally it was just originally, a handheld game. Originally just on the Vita. Hence the reason when it comes to PS4, it might have been on PS3, you're right, but it was originally a PS Vita game. Hence the reason you have the touchpad, because you could touch the screen. Oh. And actually, no, the back of it, the back of the PS Vita had yeah. a touchpad that you right. could use as a mouse. Um, and so that's why it is Dragon's Crown Pro. I see. On 
our on PS4. On PS4, yes. yes. And it and and you were, you actually alerted me to the fact that it was five dollars on the five PS4, dollars, and I was yeah. like, holy shit! I'm I'm Yoink. doing this. You went straight it's to happening. your phone app. And bought yeah. It. yeah, I bought it through the phone app, and when mm-hmm. I got home, it mm-hmm. was finished downloading. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thing <laughs> fucking ever. I am on board for this. And so I've been buying games like crazy on my phone. And there's and quite a loading to my PS5. Quite an end of year sale right now. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So um, when I first got into Borderlands mm-hmm. 2 mm-hmm. and I was on Facebook, I posted about it. I was posting about how all of my friends sounded like they were doing remedial algebra because of... Uh, Animal Crossing. Yep. Everybody's trying to sell turnips. And I was like, why the fuck is everyone trying to sell turnips? I don't understand what is going on. Yeah. Turnips for bells. What the fuck? Because I hadn't played Animal Crossing and had no idea what anybody was talking about. True. And so I was commenting online. I was like, you know, all all my friends sound like they're doing remedial algebra with all these turnip sales and everything. Meanwhile, I'm gunzerking my way across Pandora trying to find the vault key. Mm Mm-hmm. And so my one of my friends who understood the reference yes. said, you've got to check out The Outer Worlds. Oh. And I was like, well, I don't know that I'd be able to play it because it's a first-person shooter and I just, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just I know you're going off, but, like, we did not finish about Dragon's Crown Pro. You're right. You still haven't, like, Fucking explained hell. why you're playing Dragon's Crown Pro, which I think is kind of a massive deal. Thank and you. Thank you. Listen, Thank you. there's two Thank things. You. If, you you. Know, you. if you know Dragon's Crown, you know what that game is about. And if you know who Rich is, you know exactly why he wanted to play this fucking game. Just Google Dragon's Crown Sorceress. If you're at all confused, just Google Dragon's Crown Sorceress. Have you ever seen Mountains Move? Oh, man. I was not disappointed by this game, even a little bit. I got everything I wanted out of it within five minutes playing it. She gave pre-patch Chun-Li a run for her fucking money. Oh, yes. Because? She she has a balcony to watch Shakespeare from. She really does. Yeah. this couple of uh, nice owls just perched right there. The it's a foundation you could build a house on. Absolutely. Yes. She's got large breasts. Amazingly large breasts. Gravity defying, physically impossible large breasts. But that does not stop them from going up and fucking down when you At run. All. <laughs> they are up and down. And she's holding her hat so she can't hold her stuff yeah. while she runs. And the literal like the running animation. That is fucking ridiculous. It's amazing. Oh my god, that game is so fucking corny. It's great. I love it. It's amazing. They're ridiculous though, because also like the fucking the the wench walking through the fucking street carrying a bucket of water. Oh. She's just literally just padding along, and her you know mid sized rack, which is also still fucking huge, not nearly as big as a sorceress's rack, yeah. but is still got fucking up and down weight to it. Yes, while she's just walking through the fucking street, which yes. leads me to my like my main theory about fucking Dragon's Crown Pro. This is, it's I play the wizard, yep. and his robes drag on the ground, and it's they m- made his robes particularly long because his dick is dragging behind him. <laughs> Absolutely, he's clearly hung, hung. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And the warrior would be too if he wasn't so fucking roided out, right? Because yeah, the smallest part on him is his crotch. Yep, and it makes sense. Yeah, it just makes sense. I I, I found it kind of funny that your wife was like. 
commenting on the look of the sorceress and being like, God, why did they make these characters so slutty in these games? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, technically the dwarf is wearing less. I mean. Because he's just wearing the the He-Man Masters of the Universe fur briefs and a helmet. But she was talking about the Amazon. Ah, the, the Amazon. Amazonian. Ah. Which, have you had her in your party yet? I have had her in my party, yes. Have you noticed centaur. she's she's wearing the tiniest of fucking bikinis. <laughs> she's wearing literal, basically, pasties and a G-string. I'm sorry. Amazon is basically naked and all ass. Uh, and that's kind of how the Amazons were historically built and dressed for battle. It was a distraction technique because they were mainly fighting male armies. Mm-hmm. And so they would be so distracted by, holy shit, scantily sure. clad women that they were easy to slaughter. Sure. Were the Amazonians white? Um, so yes or I no question? I don't think so. No, they weren't. So do you think Atlas was going for, uh, <laughs> you know, historical accuracy here? Or do you think they were going Let me defend for... The you can't defend it. I'm going to fucking naked because it's a horny Because this is a horny fucking game. It is so horny. She's a white Amazonian. I do not think historical accuracy was their goal. They wanted to put her muscular fucking ass and thighs that could crack a man's fucking skull like a fucking watermelon. I, I absolutely in this love, game. <laughs> I absolutely love that the sorceress is an hourglass and the Amazon is a fucking centaur. It's just she is she like is, all fucking ass. Geez. Just huge. Just boom. Right in your face. And in fact, her battle pose when you're going into character selection is her looking over her shoulder because it's just all ass. Right there. That's her normal pose when she's just standing there. It's just right. all ass. It's just all ass. It's all ass. Oh, God. The game's so horny. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Speaking of which, play it some uh, more. What, is, what is the game? How, how's the game? <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Run around the and ask watch the job. <laughs> <laughs> the graphics are so clean. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh. It's... it's it's a fun kind of action adventure. It kind of reminds me of it's Gauntlet. Action RPG, yeah, and it's, it is yeah. a lot like Gauntlet, which is pretty cool. You yeah, because you can select your class. You can actually advance but your class. It's a side-scroller RPG, like a good old Capcom beat-em-up, yep. left or right, arcade beat-em-up, the X-Men games. Exactly. Streets of Rage, etc. But then there's the RPG elements, where when you're back in town, you can actually level up and get some new spells. Yep. You can um, collect runes as you go along. I think if you play as the uh, the rogue, basically the archer lady, you can pick up like uh, arrows while you're going through and stuff like that. You yep. have to collect arrows. So there's still heavy RPG elements to it, and you're picking up treasure and items as you go along. Yep. So you can upgrade your treasure. And that's the cool thing about us in our class. It's so funny because it said, like, don't pick mage or sorceress. Unless, like, that is the hardest version of the game. I don't think this game's hard at all. <laughs> it's not very It's hard. really not. And we both, I, I picked the, the wizard and you picked the sorceress. And we get new wands that change the type of magic we're doing. Yeah. So if we get, like, you know, fire, then we do a big old fucking fireball. If you have an ice, um, ice, uh, yeah, dare one, you'd shoot tornadoes. And if you have a lightning one, you summon giant lightning bolts. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. It's a lot of fun. It is super cool. And it's fun watching even, you know, you can populate your party. If you don't feel like playing with strangers online, you can populate your party with the AI. Yep. Which is super cool for someone like you. You're already doing it. I like doing it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm a sorceress. My 
I'm very spell dependent. There's going to be times where I have to regain MP, and at that point, I'm vulnerable. Yeah, I need a couple tanks. It's true. And so I can go and raise a couple tanks. And it's fun to watch the other characters just do their silliness because that dwarf, it's about grappling. That's the dwarf's play style. So you watch this dwarf literally pick people up and throw them into the fucking ground. Yes. Which and is he'll like, whip his hammers at things and then yes. he has to go back and collect them. It's pretty funny. I, yeah. I mean, I really like it. I really enjoy it. I think it's a great game, especially for five bucks. If y'all can grab that game for five fucking dollars and do it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. <laughs> and if you have it and you get to the point where you can do multiplayer then you might be able to play with us. You might be able to play with us. Because we're going to, we've gotten to that point. Now we can open up the multiplayer. That was the part that was kind of annoying. We got on to play with each other and then we look online. You need to play for four hours to unlock the stables. What the fuck? (laughs) That was probably a fun surprise for you when we hooked up in the same party on PS5. Yes. And you said, do I need a headset for this out loud? (laughs) And I said, no. And it came from my controller. Came from your controller. And then my wife is like, is he talking? Is is Daniel your controller? I was like, he's speaking through my controller. Yes. And I was like, and here I am. And you were like, holy shit. And Chris was yeah. like, that's so cool. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and that's how you heard Sarah being like, why is everyone in this game fucking naked? <laughs> <laughs> because and this game is stupid fucking horny. It's stupid horny. Made by Atlas. Fun fact, Atlas, developer Persona. All right. Which might explain why there's penis monsters in Persona. Probably. Five. So. There is an other Atlas game that I have called Magna Carta. Mm-hmm. I think it's for PS3. Yeah. I'm not sure. Also a very horny game. Oh. Like all of the characters in it are pure fan service. Oh. It's well, something I probably didn't explain about Persona 5 is that you um, meet a lot of characters because it is also RPG right. as you go along. Um, and you can romance these characters as you go along. And I'll okay. tell you your options. There are um, the uh, model schoolgirl. The schoolgirl class president, there is the younger stepsister, there is the doctor, and there is the teacher. Just a few to name off. Okay. None of this is ever explicit, per se. Okay. But you can technically go all the way in your romantic relationships with them. Spectacular. Subtly. So. Spectacular. I'm on board. Yes. I'm, I, I have Persona 5 downloaded to my PS5. So now I can play Persona 5. And be careful, because when you start, 90 hours, 90 to 100 hours is going to fucking fly by. The gameplay in that is made to really just um, back up upon itself as you go along. Yes. So. Okay. Day to day, you get a certain amount of activities you can do to raise certain stats or build certain relationships. Okay. And so even in between the dungeons you go through for the actual gameplay, you're like aching to get to the next day so you can go talk to someone so you can get do a, you know, a quick job to get the money to buy the new weapon before you go back to the dungeon. But you have a limited amount of time. Okay, it'll suck you in, man. All right. Sorry, I can't. You know, I'm, any, I'm looking anything to remotely it. Persona 5. I just end up talking about because Persona 5 is like my favorite RPG of all time. Easily. Nice. What if else? it's even half as horny as uh, Dragon's Crown, then um, I'm sorry. I'm probably still going to enjoy Dragon's Crown so much just because of the horniness. It's true. That's that's amazing. What else you play? Anyway, so before I got sidetracked, yes, you um, were you were I was going. Into I was leaning into the outer world. Outer worlds. Yes, I cannot believe you passed up the opportunity to talk about breasts. I, in I that know. Fucking I know. Magnitude. I, I know. Aren't you proud of me? I'm growing up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
No one knows. Yeah, you anyway. never will. Go ahead. <laughs> Rich uh, Melt, stop talking uh, about breasts. Never. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We were floating around the idea of making Excitement Inc. like a non-explicit show for a second. That lasted about 10 minutes yeah. before you started talking about fucking tits yeah, on the yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, there's breasts, you know. There's, yeah. there's something you we like. We pretty much breasts, filled so. up the explicit jar like within 20 minutes yeah. on that show. Anyway. anyway. So, The Outer Worlds is... A, I can understand why somebody would suggest it to me based on my enjoyment of Borderlands. Okay. It's um, it's a first-person shooter. It's very comparable to Borderlands. Um, instead of having the class systems that build up and everything, it's more of a open RPG. You can build up whatever mm-hmm. sections you want. A lot more like Skyrim and Fallout. Okay. Which makes sense because the developer, the developer who made that mm-hmm. made Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Which is one of the most critically acclaimed of the Fallout games. Okay. Well, it was on sale on with this end of year, I don't know, digital clearance, yeah. maybe, whatever. End of year sale, yeah. Yeah, the end of year sale, and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. Somebody said I was going to enjoy it based on my enjoyment of Borderlands. Let's see. I'm enjoying it very much akin to how I enjoy Borderlands. Um, one of the things that I really like about it is that it gets into the um, non-violent aspects yes. of of coercion and getting your way. So there's a bit more persuasion. There's a bit more intimidation. Yes. These are actual You can be factors. nice or you can be a dick. Yep. These are actual factors in this game, and you can actually build these skills mm-hmm. and earn experience based off of your experience on these skills. Yes. So it's a lot of fun in that aspect. Totally. I, I'm i barely scratching the surface on it, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah. No, totally. In these games? Yeah. Definitely. But that brings me back around to, like, when you talk about the coercion and, you know, being able to make those decisions. Before it is not on sale yet, you <laughs> absolutely need to purchase Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mass Effect Legendary. It is 50% off, but this is the game that I've mentioned to you before is essentially Star Trek if it was a 10 out of 10 RPG. Okay. It is the one where you collect your crew. Yep. You go out. The Technically, the sorcerer on the team um, uses what they call um, as like mass. Um, they, they basically use like physics and magic to like float a character out from cover so you can shoot them. Okay. That's kind of the way, or use a pulse to shoot them, things like that. All right. And then you also end up growing your um, growing your team and having, you know, the badass characters. So there are Krogans, which are essentially like the, um, the – what is in Star Trek? Um, the scary ones. Worf is a – Klingon. Klingon, thank you. Krogans are basically Klingons. Mm, it's only the, 30 bucks, huh? It's, that is I, – oh, I mean, we bought it at full price, me and Joe. So, uh, yeah, just to tell you. And that, what you're looking at right there, easily 200 hours worth of game. Bare minimum. Nice. Definitely worth the time, worth the money. When you get sucked in, you are going to get so fucking sucked in. You are going to get sucked so hard. So hard. So hard that it is just fucking amazing. Fun (sighs) fact, you make decisions in the first game. You move on to the second game. Nice. These decisions carry over. I have to change over. my payment information. Oh, you have to change your payment. Are you buying it on the podcast? I'm going to buy it while You're going to buy Mass Effect just, on the I'm podcast. I'm just going to buy Mass Effect. Okay. Based, on your, based off of your recommendation on my enjoyment of 
Borderlands and Outer Worlds because you and Ellie both were like, you will enjoy Borderlands so much. And I resisted for the longest time because of the first person shooter aspect. You did. And I wish I had listened to you sooner. Yeah, and you, so you had the Borderlands 2 collection in the Den of Bricks for so long that you actually like it actually collected dust. It did. And then eventually I came around. Listen, sometimes it's just hard because, like, you get these games and you're like, well, is this actually going to work out for me? And I yeah. kind of – Ellie and I always knew if you could push past – actually, we were telling you the whole time. If you could push past the first-person aspect of it, yeah. you'll be fine. Absolutely. This one is third-person, and you can romance aliens. It's already downloaded. It's already downloaded. You do not have so to set. sell me Listen, so here's the deal. Hard. You choose between the human sold. on your team or the blue Asari. And listen – I was a little turned off that she didn't really have hair. She really just kind of has these weird, like, comb-back tentacles. But I ain't playing a romanceable video game to go fuck the human. I'm having sex with the blue alien lady. Not the one in the second game, because, well... I can she, only get so erect, Daniel. The blue alien <laughs> in the second one you don't really have sex with because she is literally the galaxy's most powerful concubine and she will literally fry your brain fucking you into a literal game over state. Oh. This is how that game goes. How quickly can this two. download? Holy <laughs> shit. Good lord. Fun fact. 12 minutes till it's playable? Um, <laughs> but that's probably who you won't romance. I did end up romancing a human in the second game for a very specific reason. All right. Uh, she is played and is the likeliness of Ivan Strahovski. That's effect two. It's in the collection. You're set. <laughs> oh, okay. It's you have the, the whole oh, good, collection. Good, good. Yeah, you have so one, legendary two, and three, edition is... and the DLCs. Except the DLC for the first Mass Effect is not in Legendary Edition, though. Okay. Because they, it was too spaghetti code. They could not get it out. Okay. But you aren't really missing anything. Over 40 DLC for Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3 games, including promo weapons, armors, and packs remastered and optimized for 4K Ultra HD. I cannot wait for you to experience the story. Even the first Mass Effect. The first Mass Effect, I cannot wait for you to play the story because I was also telling Joe, you need to get through this. And he played it and he's getting through the story and he's giving me these playbys as he's going through the story of Mass Effect. And he's like, holy shit, are you fucking telling me that bleep, 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 bleep is really the bleep? And I'm like, because I'm not spoiling it for you guys or Rich. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, holy shit, this is the best video game story ever written. Nice. Meanwhile, you can fuck the aliens. I, 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 okay. You're done. You're sold. It's, it's good. And it's going to be in 4K 60 frames per second. It's, That's it's a big fine. deal. I can fuck an alien in 4K. It's it's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, any other games you playing? Doing? What is the other game? What is the other game? I downloaded a bunch of games, but no, I haven't really You got Horizon. I got Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Yes. So that has the um, Frozen Wilds in it. Dope. And I haven't gotten to that point yet because I'm still playing through my new game plus mm -hmm. because once mm -hmm. you beat horizon zero dawn you can play the Frozen new game Wilds. plus which gives oh. you advanced weapons and armor oh and for taking down the thunder draws and stuff. yeah things are okay. a bit tougher but i have kind of geeked my weapons to where mm -hmm. i am like i slaughter things no problem tell me this is something that i always kind of like and Joe felt the same way. I never found a reason to build armor outside of stealth armor um, because I was never really trying to get into fights. And I kind of played through just to kind of do the story 
Yeah. Just as he was, I was intrigued in the world and the story. Gameplay did not hold me because I told you I already played like five games that the gameplay was identical to. So, right. uh, you know, is it eventually worth getting the better armor? Is it? Does the gameplay modify into that when you do go hardcore that you need the best armor no matter if it does a stealth bonus for you? Um, there's a certain point in the game where you, um, if you collect these two power cells for this bunker mm-hmm. near, um, near where you found your focus. Okay. There's a underground bunker near there. If you go there with two power cells that you find later in the game, you can get shield armor that is old tech and it and Aloy actually weaves it into her current armor. Oh. And it adds a shield effect. So you can take like some serious damage before your health is health bar is even affected. Oh, that's cool. Once you find that armor, you, I don't really want to. I don't mess with anything else. Fair enough. Because it's just like okay, this it's is, too overpowered. Yeah, there's no point. In it's not. super overpowered. Dope. And I've got my trip caster set to like. I put I filled every slot on it with a damage boost. So the explosive um, trip wires that I shoot. Each one deals about 750 points of damage. So if I string 10 of them in one spot, get the Thunderjaw's attention and get him to chase me, he's dead in one hit. Oh, that's clever. Because he hits those trip lines and it just blows him the <laughs> fuck up. And he's just like... And I'm that's like, that fun shit. And dude. I'm like, fuck you, Red Ma. Give me your parts, bitch. <laughs> yeah, who's running this lodge now, motherfucker? Awesome. And <laughs> you get to play Forbidden West. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm really next really month really excited next for month. that and I'm excited for you <sighs> to enjoy that I'll be playing yes. Elden Ring though okay <laughs> so so how is Elden Ring um, it looks very good it'll be next month it, it, it will be very good um, but still we got we, it, we it's gonna be it's gonna it's another Dark Souls game right ultimately so I don't know that you'll really be Super on board. It's, you know, um, also written and, like, worked on by George R. R. Martin. Nice. So he worked on the story for it, and he says it's cool. It looks cool. I'll find out. I really wish you didn't get Dark Souls first. I wish you got Dark Souls 3 um, because Dark Souls is not for beginner-friendly. It's just not. Okay. We've had the conversation, um, and it's really funny because I got our friend Gabe to play Dark Souls, the one with the 95% shoulders. Yeah. I got him to play um, Dark Souls 3, and he fucking adores the game. Um, played Bloodborne after that, also an amazing game. Played the first Dark Souls and said, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm so glad you did not start me with the first Dark Souls first because this game is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It's so, total bullshit. I kind of blame myself that you're not in you know Dark Souls right now. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, one day. Maybe, one day. perhaps. Who knows? Maybe Elden Ring will be the way to go. Yeah, maybe. For all we know, but no, I'm super stoked for Elden Ring. You can okay. How the fuck is Grand Theft Auto Five thirty dollars, but Grand Theft Auto Five Premium Edition is fifteen? I don't know, but that is so weird. We're gonna talk about the, that game on this podcast. Um, do you have any other games? That was it for my games. I've got some fucking games, dude. Yo, what you got? I have some shit to talk about. Um, Pokemon Shield. 
I'm almost to the last gym. Just kind of been chew- chewing my way through it. It's really cool. It's got um a national, not a national. It's got a local Pokedex of 400 plus. Nice. So like I'm never seeing the same Pokemon. This is something that like for you as someone who's played the old Pokemon, this is one of the most enticing things about the new Pokemon. I rarely run into the same Pokemon twice. There are region specific Pokemon, and the way they evolve. So they're um the Meowth has a beard. <laughs> in the Galar region. Okay. He evolves not into Persian, but Perserker with Viking horns on his head. He is a dark type, a steel type, actually, Pokemon. All right. Really clever, fun things. I already told you every dungeon is more like an actual tournament circuit that you're running around. You can, um, uh, you know, build yourself up. And some of these Pokemon trainers kick my ass a little bit, including wild Pokemon in the wild. All right. Instead of swimming, I got an upgrade for my bike. Where I get water wheels. And nice. so I roll around on the water. Super cool. There's like 12 versions of Pokeballs. Awesome. They have balls called Quick Balls, where if you throw it out soon enough, it'll just catch them. So you do not have to worry about your Pokemon obliterating a lower level Pokemon. You can just nice. catch them with a Quick Ball. That's really cool. easy shit. I just want to make that quick, though, because I'm not going to go about Pokemon Shield forever. Um, dr- uh, Dragon's Crown Pro. We've been cl- playing, clearly, because we're going to do that together. Super I started... Horny. A way out. A way out. A way out. Which is funny. Um, I played a video game with Full Frontal in it this last week, and it wasn't Dragon's Crown Pro. It was A Way Out. Made by the same developers. A Way Out. <laughs> but made by the same developers that made It Takes Two. Okay. So you'll have your own special experience in it. Um and for this reason, I would be totally down to play this with you when I'm, you know, done with Gabe. I'm just going to play the one that he plays because it's a separate experience depending on who you play. Everyone has their own special rules and the things that they do. But you are playing two men who are double-crossed by the same man. Okay. A crime lord, basically. All and right. you're going to make your way out of prison to go fucking kill him. So it nice. was it was pretty fun um, playing. There's not much to it outside of that. We broke out of prison. We had to spend a couple of days, you know, like teaming up to, you know, he covered um, me in towels in a laundry basket and snuck me in so I could crawl out of the laundry basket and unlock the door so we could move through and um, start moving towels up through the grate um, where we already snuck out using a tool to pull the uh, toilets off of the wall um, into the vent system. We went over to the vent system and pu- um, pulled the towels in that we piled into the vent. And use those to climb out a window and, you know, make our escape. Nice. It's cool, fun shit. It I like good. it. It was already good. Um, not, not nearly as good as It Takes Two, but It Takes Two is a special theme. Okay. Same idea. Yeah. Fun shit. Um, I beat Halo Infinite. The you campaign. beat the campaign. I beat the campaign. Of Halo Infinite. Really looking forward to going back through the open world with a team of four, though. Because okay. by golly, was it fun. Halo's been begging to be open world for a minute. Yeah. You know, and for good reason. And it was totally fun going through, shooting is clean and crisp, getting your weapons clean and, you know, um, um, pretty pretty accessible, um, uh, vehicles accessible fun. And then the new um, gr- uh, tax system um, where you can shoot out um, uh, x-ray threat system. So if an elite goes invisible to stab you with a sword, you can see them. They're outlined oh. with a little echo radar so they can't be invisible. You can mm. see through walls, um, boosting ability, and the grapple hook, which changed fucking everything in this game <laughs> using a grappling hook. So um, uh, also was really fun pulling myself into people on multiplayer with an energy sword using that grappling hook. 
Yeah, I got a kill atrocity. That was a six multi-kill. Just completely obliterating these guys. <laughs> just zipping around with a fucking grappling hook, obliterating them. I imagine a, a combination of, like, Scorpion and a Jedi. <laughs> just get over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And it was fucking fun as hell. Nice. So the story itself um, is easily the best story Halo has ever had. Okay. And it was pretty wonderful because you're both kind of victimized by the same um, tragedy of things going on. And these characters, these villains you're talking to, uh, he lost his home world and you're, you eventually learn. Um, and he's trying to make the right decision. And eventually um, your AI is trying to figure out like what happened here because you get a fresh brand new AI that hasn't been broken in yet. And, um, and she's, she's like, you know, why is he taking it, this path? And he says it's the only thing he can do as a soldier. And she's like, how do you know that? And he said, because it's what I would be doing. And nice. it is the first time. And this is an alien. This is an ugly. They're literally called brutes. Yeah. Brutish alien general. And you end up empathizing for him Ooh. quite a bit. Powerful game. And they open up a big old fucking can of worms at the end. This is not going to be the last day of Halo game. Nice. Story wise, at least. So they really opened it up into, you know, something I think is going to be. It definitely ended like God of War. I'll put it that way. Where nice. you know there are things that are going to happen in the next game. Awesome. To make you look forward to it. Nice. I just hope it's not another six, seven years. <laughs> Please, maybe four years, guys. It's the Halo. It's there. You know what I mean? Just give us a little bit more story content. I would be real happy with that. Yeah. Um, We purchased, because it was on sale, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered. Nice. Did you ever play those back in the day? I got the last... Um, Last year, for my brother-in-law's birthday, I got it for him nice. for his birthday. There you go. Because he was a huge Tony Hawk fan. Game's fun. Playing, playing it, yeah. Game's fun. It was weird getting back into it because there's a certain it's a certain style of game, yep. and you have to get back into it, but you will biff it if you are not like on your A game while you're yeah. playing it. You can't just run around doing tricks. You actually have to have a certain amount of skill going into it tethering combos together so you can keep going and opening levels and doing stuff like that that being said um i missed it yeah. a lot it is so fun with these some of these games getting remastered they are nostalgic as hell yep to go back play it again um with the old soundtrack and some new soundtrack finding games that you're like oh fuck i need to like find us put it on my phone it's so good and it's fun to skate to yeah sarah played these games on playstation back in the day nice so as soon as i got done making a character she went into character creator and made her own character. Nice. Um, which the character creator is also fun as hell. Nice. So um, we thoroughly enjoy. I think it's totally worth it. 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Definitely not. Yeah. <clears throat> Hard no. But at half off, it was like 25 actually. And um, that to me is, is much more worth it um, for a game that is very arcadey. Yeah. It does have replay value to a certain extent. But unless you're going to, in this day and age, get good at a very... Um, antiquated style of game because skate games just aren't what they used to be. Skating games, at least, mm -hmm. aren't just aren't what they used to be. I would love a Tony Hawk's Underground 1 and 2 remaster, though. Okay. Those ones you could hop off your board and run around and do things because Tony Hawk's Underground was essentially jackass. To oh, if Tony Hawk okay. was in a jackass game. So you also have to run around and um, pull the pants down on 10 people on the level. And you have to run around uh, and uh, kick the leg off of the motorcycle so it creates a domino effect. 
and do all this crazy shit. Jesus. It's fun game. They introduced yeah. some BMXing as well. So yeah, my brother-in-law seemed to really enjoy it and he was very good at it. To the point where I have never played this game at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. But if you look on my PlayStation profile, you will see several trophies for this game. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because he was playing on my... He We gave it to him when he first arrived here. He was here for like a week and a half. Yeah. And he was like, I'm sorry. I know that we typically hang out right now, but I got to play this game. <laughs> and he played it pretty much nonstop the entire Respect. time he was here. And I was like, cool. Fuck yeah. I, I mean, I miss seeing you and hanging out with you and everything, but I'm glad you enjoy the game. <laughs> well, that's Fair just enough. the allure of it. It's a very um, addictive uh, gameplay cycle oh, yeah. that you go through with it. Yeah. That's really fun to do. So, yeah. Um, almost at the bottom of my list here. Ooh. Actually, no, I am at the bottom of my list. This is a big deal. All okay? right. Um, I do not own a Facebook meta. Meta Quest 2. Okay. Also known as the Oculus Quest 2. It's an okay. Oculus Meta too now. Okay. They're just trying to cram Meta everywhere now. That's I don't that's know super that's Meta. Yeah, it is. So there's a game that came out specifically for it that I cannot get because I don't have it. Called Resident Evil Four, modified for VR. All right. You know who does own a Oculus Quest though? Your brother-in-law. Doesn't no, he? close. Actually, no, he does. Yeah, no, Brian does have one. But uh, and he probably would have let me borrow it to play the game. But someone already had the game, and his name is Gage DeSoto. Oh, so Gage lent me from work over the weekend because he said he was going out of town. He had nothing to do. He lent me the game, nice. so I got to play Resident Evil Four in VR. And by golly, is that not like the coolest fucking way to go back and play this game? <laughs> nice, so fun to upgrade again. Do it all. You know, have the the zombies get up in your face. The 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 size of the. Um, gigantic fish as it's like you know swimming at you to eat you the uh there's um el gigante which is also like a giant zombie to be literally standing under him (laughs) while he's swiping at you fucking wonderful i highly recommend it was the vr game of the year last year rated Mm. across all the boards because it was just a flawless transition um to be able to, to shoot him in the leg take out my knife and swipe him on the ground Combine all of my meds and take them out, you know, take out a first aid spray and spray myself. <laughs> um, load my guns manually from the top or, you know, from the side. Um, the shotgun was always fun. Um, the, the rocket launcher took me a second because I was trying to, like, figure out how to pull the trigger. I'm sitting here pulling my right trigger. Rocket launchers fire from the left trigger. Yeah, they do. I eventually figured it out and I fired it off. So, um, And it made it made the game scary again. Nice. Which was the funnest part. So not only having not played it really in a minute and remembering where every single jump scare is, simply put, I don't open a box without having my gun or knife out. Nice. I remember that. Snakes. And the bit that I played. Yeah, there are snakes in the box. Yeah. I always swipe twice in there, but the issue is that because of the timing, you could still only swipe your knife twice as fast. So... The cool thing, I get my knife out to slash a box, but I also get my gun out and point it at the <laughs> box, and I'll swipe the box, and if then and if it's there, I just shoot it. 
Nice. Because it's scary. I don't like when the snake gets me. I don't like snakes in real life. They're not yeah. fun. It's not it's cool. Snakes are no good. Yeah. So, and it was kind of, you know, I'm sure it was the image of hilarity and, you know, uh, everyone who wasn't watching at least. <laughs> When I'm swiping a guy on the ground, but I don't know where the other zombie is, so I can actually like look up with my gun and like shoot the one in the leg who's like running at me because I'm conserving ammo by like slashing the guy on the ground with my knife. Yeah. But I actually have to look around me, which was pretty cool because I could always look around me, see what was going on. Nice. That Oculus Quest Two. Yeah. Is a fucking phenomenal piece of hardware. Yeah. Well, you put it on. Better um, than uh, PlayStation VR. Oh, absolutely, hands down. I'll tell you why. You don't need a camera because there's cameras on it. Nice. You put it on, and there's IR sensor cameras on it. So as soon as you put it on, you can see everything in the room. Nice. Black and white, kind of like night vision. Yeah. But then you draw a perimeter, and then you are cameraless. So if I wanted to, if I was sniping and I wanted to snipe somebody behind me, I could turn around without the camera going, we can't see you. Nice. So it ended up, it's really funny because generally when you're playing a VR game with like PSVR, you have to face your camera. Yeah. And so you'll stay in the same place to be shooting them and, you know, do the same thing. Right. Whatever. With the um, with Oculus Crest, you can turn whichever. So, like, I would literally not know where I was facing in the living room <laughs> and it would suck me in. But I spent 12 hours in that shit. Wow. Real easy. Real easy. I do not spend that much time in VR generally. There's wow. not been a game yet to keep me there, but it's easy to say Resident Evil 4 was the one to do it. Highly suggest if you have an Oculus Quest 2, I know you're at it, listening, Adam. And if you don't have it already, fucking get it and play it because it is wonderful. It is so fun. Nice. Grenades were a little hard to use, though. Yeah. Especially flash grenades. I kind of, like, blinded myself a couple <laughs> of times with a flash grenade <laughs> trying to toss it. And then, you know, finding the right arc as you throw it, you pull the pin, you can throw it. And then sometimes if I thought I was going out, I was actually going up. And so there was a couple of times I did take the grenade and I'm going too fast and I toss it. But my motion is actually up. Yeah. And so the grenade goes up and down. Right? You know I mean? Oh, no. Fuck. And I get flashed and I run around. And oh, no. Fun shit. That sounds fun. Yes. No, it was fun. Um, but, you know, you should probably uh, you should probably still play the other version. I don't know if VR would make it much easier for you. No. Actually, it wouldn't at all because it doesn't. It does have teleport um, motion, which you can't have, which is the only way you would be able to do it because – um, you can move forward. This is the only thing that has ever made me almost fall down in VR is if you don't use like teleportation in your games to just teleport to a place and you use the actual motion forward, your body will think you're moving forward. So your inertia and your balance big is not going forward. You lean back. Right. I almost fell on my ass just moving forward, but you eventually get used to it or yeah. overcompensate by leaning forward. Yeah. I almost ate it playing. Uh, well, no, I did eat it while playing Iron Man VR. <laughs> I bet you did. I was, I was flying around. I was enjoying myself. And then I went and I landed and just went, whoop, whoop. Just down. <laughs> Straight down. Just down. And it was like, all right, yep, that happened. You're not cool. allowed to play VR without That's having cool. some kind of like I camera I need a spotter. <laughs> you need a spotter, but I also need a camera on to see what's happening. I need to see these. I need to be able to know what's happening. <laughs> So more amateur surgeon. Is it, yeah, <laughs> don't no, need that. Says, don't, don't need, need that. <sighs> Throwing a rib cage across the room. I can't get this go these goggles off them. Let me just use this hammer <laughs> to bash them off. Good old surgeon simulator. Uh, the second stuff. one came out. Did it? There's a new one and it's co-op. Nice. But it's not on PS yet. Okay. It was early access for a second, but I think it's on Steam. Oh, okay. For I mean, like an Oculus. Um, or HTC Vive. Okay. Should I have one of those? 
Okay. Might play Half-Life Alex one of these days, which is apparently the most acclaimed VR game in existence. All right. I might play it and let you know. Because, I mean, honestly, I almost feel like I need another VR fix after Resident Evil 4 was such a hoot and a holler. Nice. Yes. All right. Well, that was an easy two-hour podcast. Well, we did skip Christmas, so we had some things to talk about. We did. Happy New Year's, everyone. We hope that, you know, this is as good a year as last year or a better year than last year for you. May this coming year be a damn sight better than the previous one. Yes. Yes. That being said, I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. www.patreon.com slash excitemake. Go to our Patreon. Help. Shout out. It's shout out time because out. we uh, couldn't do a, a, a Patreon without you guys. Yes. And, well, you know, this is the first batch. We've done a soft launch, so um, there's not a lot to do. So right. we'll do our shout outs now. Yes. Um, are you going to yell? Did you want to do this from over there? Should I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't blow out the microphone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there um, we go. I'll just lean far the fuck away. Which like it's up to you. Anyways. Yes. <clears throat> Without our Patreons, the show wouldn't be possible. Right. So thank you. What is Adam's last name? I've not looked this up at all. I need to, I need to go to Patreon. I didn't even I know to to that I was going to go for Patreon. last names. Oh. I was just going to say, is... you know, thank you to Taylor for being inherently better. Well, what if we get better, better ones, though? You know what I mean? That's the thing. And the next part is, see, it says Adam D. Okay, so I can just say, um, I can just say, okay, cool. So he didn't even give us a, the whole last name, there which I know. know it's long in Italian. So it's probably better Excellent. because I don't know that I could pronounce it. Okay. You know what I mean? So anyways, Adam D. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Taylor, for just being inherently better than others at your tier. It is it is a you know a big donation when you do more than others and you put in more effort and that's what makes you better than everyone. You put in more. You you want it more. You wanted it. You wanted to go hard. You went hard, and we appreciate that. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. But not as to much a as more, Taylor. but lesser extent. He literally donates more. Yes, but he's not on the. But big he, shot he didn't go. He didn't go side. big shot. He, he didn't, didn't go, go big shot, shot on that. That's so. the big deal. About that is that is the big honking deal. Listen, Adam. It's not that we don't appreciate you. It's that you're not as good as Taylor. Yeah. So if you want to hear your name in these shout outs, go ahead and go to our Patreon. And uh, yeah, Patreon.com/slash Excitement Inc. There you go. 